What's up, podcast? Happy Tuesday. Hope your Memorial Day weekend was phenomenal. Uh, today's a humongous day. Uh, I am going live on TikTok from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., raising an ungodly amount of money, hopefully, for the All In Challenge. I've got you know dozens and dozens and dozens of guests from culture, from TikTok, maybe even you. Uh, and what's happening is I've teamed up with TikTok and they are matching every dollar donated during my 12 hour stream. So please check out all my social, my email, my, there's no way you're not gonna see the URL today, but today's a big opportunity to give back. You know, you, you donate $50, that's $100 worth of food that's being given to the hungry during this terrible pandemic. So I'm just genuinely excited, it's gonna be silly, I'm gonna get cuckoo, I'm sure, at some point, 12 hours straight on stream is pretty wild stuff, but it would mean the world to me, A, it's a great opportunity for a lot of you to finally set up your TikTok account. B, it's an opportunity for you to really, really, really give back. So today's the big day, the All In Challenge Talkathon, 12 hours on TikTok. Find your way over there. Please donate. And by the way, the ones that can't donate, I've teamed up with TikTok. There's gonna be a treasure chest. That's right. Every 10 minutes in the top left corner, a treasure chest is gonna open. You can click it and get a dollar free and donate it and it will be matched. So $2 donations every 10 minutes. So everybody, please head over today and at least drop two, four, six, eight dollars into Feeding the Hungry. And then obviously, if there was ever time for anybody here who can afford it, coming over and giving a hundred, two hundred, five hundred thousand dollar donation because it gets matched and doubled up means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope to see you today over at TikTok. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. I've got my man Gary V in the house. Gary, good to see you, brother. Great to see you, man. You're looking good. You know, the thing that I appreciate it, you're looking, you're looking lean yourself. The thing I appreciate about you the most that most people don't know about is I've known you since 2009. And what people don't know is that I am the all-time thumb wrestling champion <laughs> of the world. And there's, there's proof somewhere. Someone has a video clip of me Somebody holding it for three seconds. You know, it was a two and a half Listen, count. Everybody that is, is watching or listening to this knows you're an incredible physical specimen. <laughs> you know, like it is just the truth. You're a, you're a God amongst men, my friend. <laughs> but the thing I appreciate and love about you the most, Gary, uh, is for, I've known you for 11 years, I believe, 2009, maybe it's 2008, but I think it was 2009, January, I believe it was at Affiliate Summit when I first met you. I think it was January 2009 in New York City. And I've gotten to see you behind the scenes over the years at different events. And, you know, I've driven you in a car from one of your book events yes. early on and like a beat up car. I've, you know, we just had moments here and there at different, different settings. The thing I appreciate about you is how giving you are of your time, your energy, your resources, your wisdom, your money. You know, you've been donating to Pencil of Promise for years. I see you at the gala all the time. You're giving your time and energy and money. And I think it's the thing that a lot of people don't see about you enough is how giving you are, and you're especially involved in the uh, the All In Challenge right now. I think mm -hmm. you guys have raised like I don't know, forty or fifty million dollars already. Yep. And I know how much time behind the scenes is taken for you to coordinate, mm -hmm. work with Ruben, and just like yep. put this together and call in favors. Like there's so much giving you do. So I just want to say thanks for all. The I appreciate that, give. brother. Look, I think you know. I think it's really funny, right? Because I'm very much you know willing to self promote myself. I'm willing to promote my businesses. But you know this about me because we, we have been friends for a long time. Like I'm a little bit more quiet about of the best version of me, right? <laughs> and and I, I'm okay with that because I think, you know, we're all affected by things. I think I was affected as I was coming up the game of realizing, wait, people use charity or other things for their own self-interests. Mm -hmm. Like they're positioning themselves. And, you know, and by the way, I, I definitely don't uh, begrudge people promoting their philanthropic kind of ventures either. I think we're all wired differently, but I, that's very nice for you to say. And, yeah, and, and I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And I think there's like, I've tried to learn, like, how do you balance like self-promotion versus yeah. like that's promoting okay. something that's a good cause that people need to be aware about yeah. and for them to promote, uh, to donate also. It's like yeah, a yeah. balance of the balance. what to talk about, what not to talk about. So I think you've done an amazing job of that. And uh, people need Thank to you. know more about that. Can you share quickly about All In for people that can get involved? Of yes. What it is if those have, yes. haven't seen it from every celebrity yet? Yeah. So Michael Rubin, the founder of Fanatics, came up with this idea: the All In Challenge, AllInChallenge.com. Uh, he was sitting around like everybody else, wanted to give back. Called uh, his buddy Alan Tish. Called me. We started hacking at it, 
and the idea evolved into the greatest experiences from people in culture, music, film, you know, television, sport, of course. Um, it's gotten into some experiences. We've got some, and, it, and it's basically auctions and sweepstakes for people. You know, Tom Brady's flying somebody out to Tampa for the first game and, and they're sitting, you know, 50 yard line, they're getting on the field beforehand. And then he's going to dinner with them and giving them the first jersey he wears in the cleats from his first Tampa game. That's crazy. You know, I, that, that auctioned off, I think that went for almost a million bucks. Then there's raffle tickets for $10. Somebody is going to be, somebody actually won for $10 the ability to have a speaking role in Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese's <laughs> film. So there's just all sorts of crazy stuff. If you go to allinchallenge.com, unlimited $10 raffle tickets for Bieber to come and sing at your house. Like just crazy, Nuts. crazy stuff. And, um, and it's completely popped off for the last month. Over $40 million raised at this point. Um, we're super proud of it. You're right. It has been 15-hour days while still trying to navigate VaynerMedia and VaynerX while also losing all my income from speaking, which is really kind of what allows me to invest. in. That's your money, up. yeah. Yeah, that's the place where I make revenue that allows me to kind of invest in top line growth for Vayner, not worry about profit as much or make investments or try new ventures. So like risk and try, yeah. A hundred thousand, be nice and do nice things. Like, <laughs> you know, um, so it's definitely been a very intriguing eight weeks. Mm. Uh, I asked a bunch of people about an hour ago on my Instagram live. I said, what's a question? Because you're doing, uh, you know, tea with Gary V every day. You're, you're giving so much content right now, which is amazing and helping so many people. And I said, what's a question that you haven't seen Gary talk about? And you've seen a million posts a day from Gary share a lot of incredible stuff. Is there a question that he hasn't answered yet? And I wanted to ask my audience this. So I want to get to that in a second. Okay. But before I do, I posted, a, a, I saw a stat out there about a bunch of different companies that launched from 2008 to 2010, right around the time mm. I met you when I was on my sister's couch and I had mm -hmm. no money and I was like, what's happening? It's kind of a similar feeling of the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and some of the startups that founded back then, Uber, Airbnb, Slack, Pinterest, WhatsApp, Square, Venmo, which you're an investor in, and they have blown up in the last decade. I'm curious, what are the ideas or businesses that should be created today moving forward that in 10 years we'll be looking back at the next you know, crisis and saying, yeah. this is the companies that were started in 2020. What are those industries? What are those topics? What do you think? Pra practical direct to consumer brands, you know, ones that are own, like DTC for brands is an incredible business yeah. Overfunding and trying to go public or sell to somebody is why a lot of them are going to go out of business. Um, I think that you're going to see some really fascinating innovations. I've been thinking a ton about, co-working obviously we had we work and obviously they have their challenges for over valuations and over but but i do think business as usual i mean geez talk about like i've been thinking about things like for just small entrepreneurs like create a business about renovating home offices to be epic because the amount of people that are going to work one to two times a week from home is going to be th so just like think about if you're a carpenter right like you just brought up all the you know billion dollar things and honestly those there's never a bad time to start a great business and the travis's and the all the other people that you the companies you just mentioned those those are individuals that had that talent the reality is that's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the one percent the reality is you and I have audiences that listen to, will listen to this and watch this that are really great entrepreneurs that are destined to build $500,000 a year businesses. If you're a general contractor or a handyman or woman, mm -hmm. positioning yourself as a home office specialist right now, I couldn't even imagine. You probably could go from being a thirty-five dollars to $50,000 a year person with one or two projects to like a million dollar person because that is clearly coming. Yeah. So that's on my mind. Um, you know, little things like I saw AJ bought for our entire family, some sort of like keychain ring that helps you, you know, ring doorbells and put uh. keys, into, keys into like, like, like I, I, I do think, you know, like people are about to be germaphobe out in perpetuity, similar to, similar to nine 11. I, you know, which sucks for me because I'm a very other way, like, like hug, kiss, like, you know, slobber you know, on someone's slobber. face. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm very like, you know, like don't wipe down anything when I get on a plane. Like, Let's I'm, share I'm, drinks I'm, and eat hot yeah, dogs together. Uh, yeah. uh, eat off, <laughs> no, honestly, eat off people's yeah. food. Like, 
Like I, I'm a little bit worried that I'm about to be shunned from society. Um, but I think, I think like cleanse, cleanse, clean, safe. Those are going to be great. I mean, talk, create, somebody should create a high end hand sized hand sanitizer business. That's true. Um, you know, so I think there'll be some trends and then back to the point I made a good business is always a good business. Um, I, I, for example, Opening a restaurant immediately after this sounds insane, except if you're opening up a great restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. In L- I'm in LA near Beverly Hills, and I'll drive down this side street with uh, Sprinkles Cupcakes. I don't know if you've heard mm, of Sprinkles Cupcakes. Of course, Cupcake. know it it's well. It's amazing. Well, all these restaurants are shut down, or they're like doing their own version of delivery or whatever it may be. Sprinkles Cupcakes had an ATM machine four years ago, five years ago, before it's time, where you can go at any time of the day and get a cupcake out of the ATM machine fresh made that day. I tell you, I kid you not, there's a line down the street in Little Santa Monica of people at Sprinkles all day long just getting out of this ATM machine. And people are in there all night working because they can't supply the demand fast enough. So something if, innovative like listen, that. Listen, my, I, I, my dad a year ago said, hey, you're helping all these companies. What about helping old dad out? And I launched Wine Text, <laughs> yeah. right, which I've been promoting very heavily. And it's an innovation. You know, it's, you get a text, you reply with a number. Anybody who's listening that's into wine, if you really buy wine on the internet, you have to go check out winetext.com. You, get, you sign up, you put your credit card in, it takes two minutes. And then you get a text every day and you reply with four, five, two, one, twelve. And, and it's like Brandon hired nine people today for Wine Library wow. because, you know, obviously alcohol sales are exploding. <laughs> yeah. but, but on top of that, this is above and beyond because the innovation is so strong. What is the redirect, direct result from you guys implementing that for this new kind of business for Wine Library? How is that? It is. Co- to- I'll, I'll tell you exactly. I don't have yeah. the exact math. I actually have a P&L Rough, meeting yeah. tomorrow. Roughly, it's, it's going to grow the business by 30 to 40%. Percent from last year, just one initiative. One initiative. Wow, and and that's a. Do you guys use community for that? Um, you know what we don't because the way we had, we structured it, community wasn't far enough along. Obviously, uh-huh. I'm an advisor and use community for my personal brand. We we built it a, a middleware between our platform and broadband.com, and it's like mm-hmm. we it was custom built with our dev team sure, at Wine sure. Library, but it's just working and in yeah. innovation. And, and by the way, let's call spade a spade. Vayner Meat Wine Library, excuse me, has been declining for a decade because I'm not there. And, and then now, one idea is going to yeah, close. going down five, yes. 10% a year or yes, whatever. And now, right. boom, let's get yes. back to where it was 10 years ago. Wow. I think there's a chance next year, if this keeps going the way it's going, we'll be at heights we've never been. Wow. One idea, one execution. That's and amazing. what is it? It's, it was my observation 18 months ago that people are willing to get marketed to on text more in America than they were five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. And now you have been, you've been teaching this for years about shifting your perspective, shifting your mindset, having self-awareness. You've been teaching this for years and people don't listen when times are good. Correct. They stay stuck in their mindset or their fears. Correct. I'm afraid to launch this, put this out there. How do people shift their mindset even in a horrible time for most people, when no they choice. can't even do it during a no great choice. time. Easy. I'm, my stuff does better during bad times. Crush they it. they have to. Right. You and I hung out during the Crush It book signing. That's when you drove me. Crush It hit a nerve because people needed it. 2009, right? Right. And that's when hustle was good. And then hustle during good times becomes manipulated into burnout. Mm. But I promise you right now, I don't use hustle anymore because I understand how the word got mutated into leading to anxiety. And so I don't want that. So I, I changed it. Even in Crush It, I talk about nine to five, making 40,000 a year, being happy. But, but I promise you hard work is about to be put on a pedestal again. Huge pedestal. I'm always at 20, 30 million people unemployed. Like people are gonna be grateful just to have an opportunity. A job. A job. That's, That's right. It. Um, I don't think people, I think people are still in a little bit of a shock slash fake environment. If we get back to normal in September, I'm just going to be, and I know there, we won't be back to normal. Let's just talk about January. If God willing, we're back to real kind of normal in January. I think by February, by Valentine's Day, people are going to walk around and be like, oh, wait a minute. There's some real lasting ramifications. Big time. Big time. I can't get a raise. I can't get a job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, know, I'm like, just hearing people who are, are in key positions are getting 20, 30% cuts, even if oh, they right? are the key player. And, and they're irreplaceable. It's kind of like this. I said, so Gary's like, somebody said to me, Gary, that's not fair. I'm like, let me give you an analogy. You are, you are 
in a forest, a tree falls on you and it's on your leg and you sleep there for a day and you're in big trouble and a ranger comes along and tries to help you and she says to you, listen, you're gonna have to cut off your leg to, to live, you're cutting off your leg. We don't, business owners and you know, funds and banks, they don't want to, and companies, they don't want to lay these people off. They're their legs, they love them. If, they, if everything was okay, they wouldn't have. They don't want to ask all their executives to take a 30% decrease, but that's cutting off your leg, otherwise you die. Yeah. People are just so funny with this kind of like ideology, like, okay, or the business goes out of business. Yeah, you don't either, have, a job either at we have all. no money. Yeah. Yeah. What's been your biggest fear in all of this? Or do you feel like you're pretty fear proof at this moment with everything I'm, you've been through? I'm fear proof because I'm willing to go to zero. Yeah. You I've can live on a small apartment and, you know, live I at your really, parents' house. I, was, yeah. I really can, man. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like, this has proven it to me even more. You know, any 0.0001% of me that thought, well, I've been saying this for the last two years, am I full of has completely gone away. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't fear because I don't value things and money. I, my biggest fear is my parents getting sick. Mm-hmm. Like, my biggest fear is like somebody getting sick and dying. Nothing else. Like, business, I can always, like, I'm too capable, right? Like, you know, <laughs> back, to, back to the thing you brought up, back to why you were an Olympian, back to like why you beat me everything, the, anything, when we were on Summit at Sea, like, whatever basketball, like, <laughs> Big you aren't worried. When, when it comes to sport, mm-hmm. you know, you, your mind just goes into, this is going to be a good situation for me. Yeah. And for I feel me, comfortable. Yeah. And for me, that's business. Like I know for fact that if I became a 100% full-time garage sale, thrift store, Amazon flipper, that I'd make a million dollars a year. Yeah. I, I, I know that for fact. So what the hell am I? Yeah. And that doesn't take into account that I am, that I built a brand. And sure, my brand would take a hit if I, all my businesses went to zero. But the reality is America's funny, man. Like there's people following and helping OJ Simpson. There's, you know, Wolf of Wall Street. Like, like this is a country that gives second, third, fourth chances regardless. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm already at a place right now where between brand and capability and humility, I'm bulletproof. Yeah. I believe okay. that. This is a question from one of my audience members that um, asked me. Mm-hmm. His name is Chris Turcott. His Chris. name I think is, oh, I I know think Chris. is Chris, Chris Turcott, I think his last name yeah. is. He said, uh, he doesn't hear you talk about this much. Favorite thing about being a father? That all the good things that I'm doing for the world with my advice and my wisdom, I get to actually do for a human that's going to get the purest execution of it, deepest execution of it. And I get to watch it from coast to coast. Um, and, uh, and so, and just like, and just like pure love, right? Like, like my daughter got a 53 out of a 50 on a Spanish test. So I went to, we went to get the, you know, check in on the school stuff. The, like I'm bringing it up right now. The pride was like, and by remember me, right? Like school, like that's her game and it works for her. And I just sat there and I was like, I was, you know, like every parent that's listening that right now knows they're blown away by the pride that comes along with a child, you know, um, and then and then just really knowing that I also have my own self-esteem. So one of my favorite parts is knowing that I'm not going to up from making them do things. Like if my kids are, if they start nonprofits and give away all of the family's money, I'm going to be proud of them as long as they're happy. I don't need them to be an entrepreneur. I almost... I almost don't want my kids to be entrepreneurs because I don't want them to have to live in the, the shadow or try to climb the mountain I'm creating now. The pressure, now, the pressure yeah, of like now. living up to dad. Yeah. I mean, Lewis, you know, we're not, we're, you're, we're young. Like, you know, yeah. my, my little guy is turning eight in August. Like in 10 years, he's 18. You and I hang out with 18 year olds in business. Right. How old are you right now? 37. 37. Good. You're going to be 47, slightly older than I am right now. And you're going to know Xander for real. Right, I'm and, gonna be like and, working with them. Yeah, I mean, um, exactly, and 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 then if you know if the way the chemicals played out, if he's not uh, of my entrepreneurial cloth, that's gonna run through your mind just like it does with me. With other, I mean, I've met a lot of famous people, accomplished people's kids, and and I don't and I don't even like judgment and don't even think about it. But I'd be lying if I didn't say after you have a meeting with somebody, you're like, oh, okay, that's how they're different than their mom or their dad, right? Yeah. It's so cliche, and so like. Like I want them to be happy. And if, by the way, if they do what I do, which is I looked at my dad and by the way, 
coming from zero and look at what my dad built, you know, in our little Russian community, that was like a big deal. And I wanted to climb that mountain and build. And if my kids look at my bigger mountain and say, I'm going to climb that mountain, I'm going to cheer them on slash not big the outcome. They're not getting a $50 million check. They're not getting a $5 million check for me. They're going to, they're going to get the relationship graph, which already gives them a huge upload because uncle Lewis is going to give them a hundred thousand right, right, for yeah. their, but you know, <laughs> I listen, there's no way to completely create fake environments unless they want to do the John Travolta, you know, Nicholas Cage face rip thing right. and change name. So, but, but I, I definitely think that, um, the best part is just building it, just like a business, yeah. building that relationship, but building it with hands off instead of building it with hands on. I think parents build too much with hands on. Would you want your kids to repeat your same insane amount of work ethic? If uh, that makes them as happy as it makes me. Yeah. And I you want them. You wouldn't want to expect it from them though. No, I don't expect it from anybody to be frank. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm really in rarefied air of like, deep obsession with my process and enjoyment and lack of anxiety from it and lack of burnout from it. I think I hit my crescendo. I think I'm more of an artist. I, I don't think people realize that business women and men are actually, uh, there's a certain version of us that are artists that genuinely like this more than anything. Like, like we like singing, like Beyonce's a workaholic. Yeah. You know, like Kobe was a workaholic. Obsessing you know, like, over their craft. Their art. Their expression, yeah. So for me, like, like we demonize it in, in entrepreneurship and corporate life, mm. but we don't in art. We, we put artists, we put, oh, he's in the studio all the time. Wow. You know, painting all the time. Wow. Cooking and traveling the world to buy food. Wow. Business. Oh, he's going to burn out. He's going to suicidal. Why it's is that? Too- is that just because of the old way of thinking, like getting burnt out in the corporate world of doing yeah. a job you hate? Yeah, and- yeah. money, money. We, you know, I don't think people like Mark Texiera made $213 million playing baseball. But if some entrepreneur makes 30 million, they get demonized. Hmm. It's just culture. It's just culture. And it's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think that's wrong, right or indifferent. It's just the obvious observation, yeah. right? We demonize the startup founder or the businesswoman much, much more than the entertainer that makes way more money. Mm-hmm. What was the greatest uh, lesson that you talk about your parents a lot, which I think is amazing that you constantly speak about them as your mentors and heroes. Yeah. Even now, it's not like you yeah. said it more a few years. You say it yeah. every day or week or month. It's true. <laughs> what is the greatest lessons that they taught you about um, you being who you are now, which I already know the answer, but I want everyone else to hear. And what is the thing you wish they would have taught you that you teach to your kids a little bit differently? Uh, very good. I, I do think my parents for me, and they parented all three kids a little bit differently, but like, but they're like, we really, they were such workaholics, both my mom, my mom was a stay at home mom, but like did everything. Like, you know, like, like, you know, and I think people very much underestimate stay at home moms as workaholics. Like, she just worked her face off, no help. No breaks. Yeah. No breaks. We were all spoiled kids from the fact of laundry and doing our bed and she cooked everything. And like, and then my dad came home late cause, and cooked for him. Like she worked her face off. So they could have created a little more balance. We only took two family vacations. So they taught me work ethic, kindness, everything. Everything I am is them. But, but I do think the thing that we have more is balance with you know, leisure and, and offsetting 24 seven work, but they, that makes sense. It's generational. They came here with nothing and it was 24 seven work. And I have so much of that in me, but I've had the luxury of my talents leading to a success that's allowed me to post, you know, listen, that's how my first 10 years professionally looked too, but now being able to take a little bit of time. And so maybe a little balance because I think they regret that. And, and so you try to take your parents' regrets and not have the same. Yeah. And so I, I look at that. That's cool. But uh, kindness, kindness, my mom instilled kindness, like, you know, some of the stuff you started this show with and mm-hmm. they both instilled work ethic and my dad, my dad, um, you know, just genuinely like just willed his way into success. And I think I have a lot of that as well. Yeah. Now, over the years, people have seen you uh, daily vlog for years and just post about your entire life. <laughs> yep. And I think, I think we did an episode three or four years ago together. I think you've been on a few times now. And we talked about uh, the idea of balance from like business to family. And I remember people being in awe of the responses you had around this at that season of your life. I'm curious now, how do you find the balance between being a great husband, between being a great father, having great health and building a great empire? And what do you feel like you could improve more in at this season of life? 
you know, I think, I think it, you know, back to extremism, right? Like the extreme, which I use, I, you know, all of it can be better and all of it is just great. I, yeah. I think, you know, here's a good place to go with this. Let's really bring value. So you can go back, you know, four years ago and listen to like how I think about extremism going hard and then vacationing hard and it's all there. I think what this has evolved into is something a little bit deeper and more important that I hope really brings somebody value right now, which is stop beating yourself up and stop mm-hmm. judging yourself. We all go through chapters, right? Like sometimes you're super in love with your partner and like, that's all you can obsess about. You know, it feels like that's, you've been through that chapter recently. Like, <laughs> yes. like other, other times you're, you know, super into your profession because you got a new initiative and you got to go, it's another baby. Sometimes it's an actual baby. And, and, and by the way, for some people, the first two years are actually super boring because the baby does nothing. And it's okay to not be like blown away and spending every second. On the flip side, if you just can't believe this little miracle and you need to like cut workout, like I think this comes down to judgment. Stop beating yourself up. There is not even a close framework for what's right. Everyone's balance is massively individual and more importantly, balance ebbs and flows forever. For example, my kids are starting to get into I'm like, uh-oh, they're going to be teenagers one day. Like, if they double their age, you know, all of a sudden they're 20 and 16. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, like, all, and, and, and immediately I go to things like, oh, they can go on business trips with me. Wait a minute. They're going to just take an Uber and I'm going to sit courtside with my little guy and my, and my daughter because she's really into basketball as well. Like, often. Like, I'm going to see them two nights a week. Oh, that means my Nick courtsides are going to convert from business to 50% personal which is going to mean those, you know, now all of a sudden it's Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, like technology, like FaceTime culture, I've exploded by FaceTime international interaction with them. And so like those kind of things. Yeah. How does Gary uh, eliminate self-doubt and self-sabotage when it seems like there's so many wins that you hit, but also people don't see all the the big losses that you have as well and the risks and the, yeah, I've, I've loved myself the whole time. Thank God, most don't. Uh, but I haven't allowed me to get high on my own supply. My humility is my great offset to my confidence. Mm. And I think that manifests. And I think one of the things you were saying when you were saying it, I knew what you were saying, which is you have the luxury of seeing really behind the scenes, truly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you know is, forget about like giving to a nonprofit. It's just the genuine kindness of replying to somebody's request or doing something for somebody with no ask, no expectation, and nobody knows. And you know this because you run in entrepreneurial circles like I do. Mm. And you know when you stumble on somebody who knows me as well, they're going to bring up something that I did that was nice and nobody knows about it. And I, that is only one thing. That is called humility. Mm. That is not reading your press clippings. <laughs> that is not thinking you're somebody. And I think I, think I have deep love for myself, which leads to huge confidence. Um, but I, but I'm practical. So I don't try to overextend myself, which should keep me away from being losses, but there is no doubt. Like I think things through and if I lose, I lost, but I'm never doing anything for any other reason than I think it's right. And that leads me to a place where I'm not very vulnerable because when you start doing things to impress the girl mm. or, to, or to keep up with the Joneses or you're jealous of somebody else's success and you want to close the gap on their net worth on their Google search or all the dumb that people are like thinking about, you become vulnerable. I mean, so many people over, I mean, listen, there's some big personalities that are going to get smoked out over the next 12 months that like have played the part on Instagram, they're going to lose. They just are. Yeah. I also think you'd be, if you're focused on like chasing the money game of competing against someone financially oh, and you the make worst. the wrong decisions, then you start to take things personally, get defensive, get angry at people that aren't making you money or whatever. It's just everything becomes Couldn't an attack. So if more. you lost a, if you let's hypothetically say if you lost a million dollar bet on a business, a business. or an investment or whatever. And I've got, I've got one that's going to happen soon. So go ahead. Went, and it went to zero. It's going to. How do you tell yourself, I still love myself. This doesn't, you know, affect my self-confidence. Because because I knew the vulnerability was other people. I did the most I can. I was stretched in more than I wanted to be, which didn't allow me to really fix it along the way. I just didn't have, you have too many plates in the air. Mm -hmm. And I focused my energy on things that are so fruitful that are going to offset that million loss. It's an L. I don't want it, but it's real. Wow. I think also, do you go into the mindset of knowing like, this could be a hundred million or it could be zero and you're okay if it's zero or do you still, I go into everything thinking it's going to be zero. Really? Yeah. It really makes it. Why do you think, 
notice, does that make sense? Now all yeah. of a sudden I go in with no hope. No expectation. Go, no expectation. I, didn't, I don't do it for my kicks and giggles. I think, <laughs> I think it's going to work. Yeah. If I'm running it, it's going to work because that's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. But almost everything I don't run. I don't run, I don't run Pure Wild 137, Harwood does. I don't run Vayner Sports, AJ does. I don't run Vayner Speakers, Zach Nadler does. I'm impacting the living out of those You're businesses. influencing them, yeah. Oh, in a real way. Yeah. But, you know, push comes to shove, I don't make those decisions. And so, um, and I support my partners in crime. And so that's kind of how it is. Yeah. Over the last, I think you start, when did you start VaynerMedia? Was it 2010, Nine. 2011, 2009? Nine. So I, w- I was in the office, I think it was Soho when there was like six people in there and a ping yeah, pong sunshine, table. Yeah, sun, Sunshine Suites. And I remember at one point, it must have been 2011 or 12. That's when right. You, when you said somewhere in an interview, maybe it was with me or somewhere, a speech, you said, you know what? We were okay as an agency the first couple of years. Like we, we actually were like not that good. I think you even said like, we were okay. Yeah. We weren't great. But now we're really like, we're great. After three, four, five years of, of in the business, what would you feel like is the thing that you uh, regret the most over the last decade or one of the hardest challenges within the agency that you had to face? Maybe that's two questions there. No, there's several things there. One, the biggest challenge I had to face was about year six, seven, six. I was creating entitlement because I was putting too much on my own shoulders. What do you mean by entitlement? I was making it too easy for everybody and people got entitled. Within the company? Yep. So you were saying, I'll take this on, I'll take this on? In the macro. Uh I was creating so much top line revenue and everybody was getting raises like crazy and I was creating such a great culture that I made us soft, which is wild. Because you were doing the sales and the pitching and everything yourself? I was was impacting so much Mm -hmm. that, that 300, 400, 500 people had it too easy and we had to do like a 35 person layoff because I just kind of cut the fat because I just, I, and I didn't need to do it financially. I needed to do it to just culturally get everybody to understand. Like these people that were just like, Oh, weren't good at their job. They were nice people. But if we keep carrying this, this will die. They weren't great at their job. They were not even close. They weren't even close. Yeah. Like, like I was, it was nice people over everything. And that, and that was it. If you weren't nice, you were getting fired. But if you were nice, like it was, and it was, it, that was tough. And it was tough for me to realize, wow, on Tea with Gary Vee, on keynotes and in interviews, on the stage, I have great candor and accountability. But in my own shop, I wasn't candorous enough. And I created entitlement because I love happiness and la la and, yeah, and all that. <laughs> and everyone but loving I, you. And yeah. but, I, but I went too far with it. So that was tough. That was, a, that was a moment because I never got to that level with wine library. Because it was still happening there, but it was a small enough business and a family business and it was real family, cousins and best friends that it had a different dynamic. So I didn't see it coming. So that was, that was interesting. Uh, AJ leaving was tough. I, I was going to say that was, that's what I thought you'd say there. Yeah. That was a big blow. I didn't see it coming. You AJ. guys built this together. This was 50, 50. This was, yep. we're going to yep. grow this as a empire yep. with a family. Yep. Yep. And like being with my bro and all that. And, and so that was rough. He left for anybody who doesn't know because he has Crohn's disease and he just wasn't feeling great, to be frank. He just didn't like the business enough. Clients are, client service business suck. Um, and he just said, I'm out. I don't feel well. And so that was rough. And that whole process was rough, like buying him out. And like, you know, we were 50-50, but I, I, you know, what I love about my brother is I'm sure if he sat here, he would say that wasn't how it played out. We didn't know how it was going to play out. So right. those are dynamics of like, you know, like, that was rough. That's just real talk, you know, but like we're obviously in an incredible place. Thank God, because yeah. we both genuinely love each other more than money, but it's still, you know, you have your, your true, it's not even egos. You have your own merit, you know, radars that mm-hmm. kind of feel like, what is the situation? So unwinding that is always tricky. I'm so grateful that we're in such a great place with each other. And we, by the way, for the record, we were never in a tough spot. Me and my dad were in tough spots all the time because of the two cooks in the kitchen, me and AJ, like really figured it out and we really leaned into each other. So that was good, but that was challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this two months has been really challenging because, you know, the, I structured for economy break, but not one that was <laughs> the whole world had liquidation issues and speaking went to zero. Oh, and, man. You know, like 
just a lot of things that, you know, production, which is a big part of us, went to zero, you know, and clients aren't paying, like, you know, so it was like, you know, I was super prepared for 2008. I was not prepared for something that looked like this. We got lucky, and I hate using that word, but this is the truth. If Hilton and JetBlue and, and, you know, Morton Steakhouse were my biggest clients, we would be in real trouble. Like, luckily for us, food and like the serendipity of like financial services, food, beverage, being our biggest clients is, is going to let us get through this in a good way uh, when it's all said and done. But, but we could have gotten, like, honestly, I sit here and say, my God, if Marriott, Hilton, if American Airlines, mm-hmm. if, yeah, I'm trying to think of other people, clothing, if, if Neiman Marcus, if, you know, retail, like if our product, if our client mix was different, this would have been maybe it. Really? Really. I mean, if you go, if all your clients go to zero and you're in client services, you're not selling wine. You're not selling, you know, subscription business. You know, if you, there are agencies that have gone out of business because yeah, of this, of because, them. because, you know, yes. I mean, you know, nobody could ever think of zero, zero. But, but by the way, I've always thought about war. This is the closest thing to war. I've always thought about like, what if World War Three happens? But what my mind would always go is like, well, you don't care about business. Then you're actually genuinely scared of a bomb or dying yeah. or whatever it is. So, this is like war without war. Real life. Now, well, what's I mean, really cool about that is that, that happened. Let's say Hilton and American Airlines and mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese. I'm trying to think of a million different things. And, and sports. What about that? The Jets and the NBA. All these, the serendipity that's like we just got the perfect wrong hand. 3-7 offsuit. Um, I would have been super, I'd be make, doing this video and be like, that's what happened. And yeah. And I couldn't see it coming and I deserved to lose. Like literally that would be like my reaction to it. Yeah. And you'd almost be excited to start from. Oh, so you, you always talk about, <laughs> I, like, really I wish do. something happened so I could build it back up again. How, really how much has your business been affected? Have you lost, you know, half we've lost, yeah, or 10% we've lost, or? maybe uh, we're, we're definitely 12% down yeah. in like top line revenue expectations. We've had, we have, I, I still don't think this is over. I think there could be a you know relapse and that would trigger things. We paint liquidity more than revenue. Mm-hmm. People are stretching terms. They don't have the money. Like there's, you know, that. What, what are you doing? And I'm paying my employees. Yeah. And I'm paying rent. Exactly. That's tricky, man. You got to get a Higgins to give you a little break on that rent. <laughs> yeah. The problem is <laughs> the even, of- him and even Ross, like he has partners and banks and it's crazy. it doesn't work that way. And so, and by the way, my business is too big for the little bailouts mm-hmm. and too small for the big bailouts. So I'm in yeah. that perfect middle. Like us, us 50 to $300 million businesses are the ones that are going to go out of business. What are you doing personally to supplement the speaking fees? The Nothing. Nothing. Are you, nothing. Are you innovating anything to launch or create or? No, nope, I'm, I'm massively tripling down on, you know, empath- empathy is doing really well. Mm-hmm. So, wines, you know, yeah. yep, Empathy Wines is doing well. So my wine business and my, my dad gets all the income from the family business. So that's, I'm doing wine techs because I love them and it's fun, but that's not a, hitting my pocket. And I'm focused on VaynerMedia. I got to make sure VaynerMedia gets through this properly because when it does, it'll be two times bigger because we're built for this kind of world. So this is, this is why savings matter. It's so important why savings matter. It's something I remember in 2008 when I was on my sister's couch, I remember saying to myself, Never again do I want to feel broke. Like I need to go back to my sister's couch. Like hopefully there's enough time where I can be smart enough to not buy. I wear the same $20 shirt probably like you every day. I'm not out buying stuff. Like I like to feel good, but I don't need to buy fancy things. I'd rather have money or investments or something that I could use for a time like this. Yeah, but a lot of, you know, most of my, most of my net worth is tied up in non-liquid investments, right? That's true. So, you know, investments is fine. But like the one thing that made me feel good from day one is I have a certain amount of money in the bank that like, that is just to me, like, do not touch. And like, I feel I can live on. And again, if everything went to zero, that's not the case. And that's why I'm focused on this. But if everything went to zero, I would start looking at that and like literally sell homes and like rent a little apartment and use that capital to start my flipping empire. Cause that's what I would do on the record. If that ever happens, I'm going to buy and sell because that's my core basic skill set that is liquid on the transaction. I mean, the, I mean, Lewis, you know this, like I've been yelling for a year and a half about sports cards. They've gone through the roof. I know. I feel that I didn't get any MJ cards after this. Told, uh, uh, feel told like, you told me a year ago, you're like, get LeBron, get Jordan, get all this. And now it's going up because of this stuff. 
I'm curious. Really? What? Jordan rookie cards went from know. twenty to 100,000. That's crazy, man. Like, everyone's, like, getting into startups. I was like, I put my, you know, like, LeBron rookies I bought for 1,100 or 7,000. Oh, man. And when you buy 55 of them, that's money. Oh, that's money. <laughs> I'm curious. We talked about how you overcome self-doubt. How would you inspire other people or educate them on how to eliminate self-doubt in their life? It's completely, it's completely predicated on valuing other people's opinions. If you actually make pretend nobody else lives on earth, nothing is scary. Why is the opinions of others such a heavy thing for people to overcome? I think it's humanly, like, this is where I think, like, this is truly my, my great gift. I'm so grateful for it. I think people got caught. I think they just get caught that everybody's in this framework of other people's opinions. Like just, it's how we're raised. Like, how do we train ourselves to get out of it if it's something for 10, 20, 30 years, 50 years we've been living that way? The same way I trained at 38 and a half that I have no way of taking care of my health. I don't like eating habits. I don't like exercising and just pounding, 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 pounding. Every day, everybody should, this is why I put out so much content. Maybe today's the day that I say it a different way that makes people realize their mom and their girlfriend and their boyfriend and their uncle and definitely anonymous people on social media and Lewis and Gary's opinions actually don't matter. Wow, the liberation to then actually do And now you're doing full throttle because of whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter. You can't hear the cheering. This is why I'm trying to get people out of hearing the cheering. It's my newest thing in the last year or two. I'm like, wait a minute, right. Because everybody says you're so hot on Instagram that when they say you're not, you start doing plastic surgery, right? When everybody says like, you're, you're such a great business person, you start keeping up that facade instead of like, it just makes so much sense. So to me, the biggest thing is the humility was such a factor. I didn't realize how big of a deal that was, how much that worked for me is like, I don't believe I'm as great as I know I am. Mm. Like my logical side knows that I'm up to something but I just don't internalize it. I won't let it penetrate my soul. I, I, I think I have the ability to be the biggest deal, but I will never believe it. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah, I think, you know, even just, I've never said it that way. Like, I even like, thank you. I was like, literally when you, like, <laughs> and I got a clip that for Instagram. Like, you know, like, like, that's what it is, man. I really genuinely think, and you know this about me, like, I think I can be the guy. Like, I think Bezos and Zucks and Elon, will make so much wealth during this time. But I think the way I'm going about it, I think I can be that entrepreneur's entrepreneur when it's all said and done in the end. And I think, even if you look at what's happening with me, you've been along for the ride, like over the last two or three years, I can feel, I know, cause I'm a branding guy, like the brand is in a different place. It is. I've separated a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, you have. And I'm like, okay, well I'm 44 and I'm like, you know what I mean? I love the stories of like Colonel Sanders at 50 launching yeah. KFC. It's like Fear away. They, they take off at 50. It's like yeah, you're just getting uh, started. Sidney Frank started Grey Goose in his 80s. You haven't even got started yet. This is I really the, believe that. This I believe is the preseason. By the way, I think I said something similar to you yeah. on a personal note not too long ago because I remember thinking like watching you from afar, like the ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a lot of times uh, I was on an interview the other day and I, somebody said, Gary Vee, you did a really, really good job. Um, you know, you were super early on podcast, you know, saying all this stuff. I said, oh, stop on podcasting. Because my homie Lewis and, uh, you know, and some of these other characters, Jordan and, uh, you know, all these Art of Charm, right? And Pat Flynn and, mm -hmm. and others, Dumas, right? Like others, I'm like, they were a little earlier. Ferris, mm -hmm. like they were earlier. I'm like, I did, I've done a fine job. But like, and, and so I think about you because we're friends and I'm like, okay, he really wanted, like podcasting was that thing that took you to the next place. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, and obviously I made the, the, the uh, nice reference earlier. Like, I love seeing you being in your relationship life. You're putting that out there a little bit. And now I'm like, okay, you know, you know, you know, it's just fun to think like, I wonder what if, what if, what is it going to be? Or is he like, where is he in his life? Like, is he going to have another chapter? Yeah. And that's what's fun about this, right? Like, like when I think back to like early, you know, Twitter, like Chris Brogan, right? Right, it was or, big. Guy Kawasaki yeah, and Twitter, Kai, yeah. right, right, and and both of them are still doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody does different things, though, right? Like some people, those two haven't. Others completely disappeared. That's and the true. reason I'm not bringing them up is because they disappeared because they weren't good Ooh. in their soul or their capabilities. And Ooh. I remember thinking in 09, 10, 11 when I was popping for the first time, I'm such a loud mouth. I'm so much. I have so much energy. I cursed. I remember knowing, and this was absolutely true, a lot of people thought that I was going to be kind of like this 
phoenix of like, and then disappear because it just didn't seem quote unquote sustainable. Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, man, I remember then thinking, wait till they see in 10 years where I sit. And, and it's happened. And I, think, and I think, man, wait till people see where I'm going to be in 10 years from today. You're just getting started. I, like I feel like, okay, I spent the last 10 years of- Foundation work. Researching, like trying stuff, making mistakes. Something's working well, like figuring yeah. out, reinventing, really yeah. trying to find my true lane. Yeah. And okay, now I can get started. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, now let's do something cool. And yep. let's build off of what we've yep. built with the personal yep. brand and look leverage I, it. Look, look, look what I did in 11. I went all in on VaynerMedia. Everybody thought I was stupid. Why didn't I raise a fund? Why didn't I start a startup? Mm. It seems super left field, but a lot of those homies in Silicon Valley, their startups failed and they're gone now. Right. They had too and, big of an evaluation and yep. now stock. And now, yeah. and now I have a marketing foundation that's a supernova. And you can launch anything. Anything. You've got the empathy, engine to launch a em- product. Empathy Wines is a meaningfully successful direct-to-consumer wine brand that, that John and Nate run. It's crazy. Interns. Software and a couple in- of interns. Yeah, but they were interns. Now they're 10 years under my watch. Mm-hmm. Now they're executives. Wow. Ballin. What is the, um, you mentioned earlier in this, we've got about seven, eight minutes, so I want to make sure I'm respectful of time, but you mentioned earlier, um, you know, client work is and is. agency work is It is. Why put your life's, attention into business model essentially or because 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 i'm building the death star mm-hmm. i'm sure the death star was to build for you know <laughs> for darth vader and the emperor and all that but when it was done it could press a button and blow up a planet it wasn't fun for me to <laughs> eat in the prime of my career except here i am at 44 empathy being the first one the rest of my life are going to be the next ones, including Lewis for governor in California, including let's cure Crohn's disease because AJ has it, including many other things. Um, so I'm building a Death Star. I'm building a Vayner, and it's Vayner X now, right? It's got the publishing side. It's got a speaking bureau. It's got, it's got, uh, you know, a Tracer.tech. You should people should check out. It's a data analytics SaaS business. It's a, it's got, you know, the Sasha Group for small businesses. I'm building. A- literal machine machine that's the scalable version of who I am as a human. It's amazing. Like if Vayner publishing would be a top book publisher. If I decide Vayner real estate, I would be a major broker, Mm. you know, Vayner anything in perpetuity. Now that I've eaten dog for a decade. If you could predict, uh, what was your prediction 10 years ago when you launched VaynerMedia? Was it to be where you're at with whatever, six, seven, 800 employees and kind of- It, it was, I did think by now I would have one brand owned and because I thought the economy would collapse earlier. Like a shoe deal, because you were to buy like a, some type of shoe. It's, why, it's, why, I did, it's why I did the K-Swiss thing, right? Yeah. It gave me a chance to test it when I realized I wasn't going to be doing that just yet. And it came in front of me and I did it and it really worked and they sold that. Co- you know, look at Resi. Resi had a hefty yeah, nine. Big exit, figure. right? Resi's my biggest exit. I never wasn't talk it? about it. I co-founded it. Wasn't that a two hundred million or what was that? Yes, like two three hundred plus. Yeah. So like like I'm winning out here. Like Resi's kind of like the like. I charity. remember Resi and being like, it came out hot, and then it kind of like you didn't hear about it for four years, and then oh, it just exited. It was the winner. It beat Reserve, and Reserve had all the Uber guys and gals behind it. We won. We, but we just built a business. It wasn't like, I'm not out here worried about making sure it's in the headlines every minute. Like they why, why not talk about that though? Why not talk about like the thing that you launched and it was a big hit? It's just not on my mind. Plus Ben Leventhal and Mike Montero, the CTO, deserve a lot more credit than me. I came up with the idea jointly with Ben. We, I found Mike Montero, who was a big time CTO that built the incredible product. I personally wrote a big check when the company was in trouble at one time. I did a lot of great things but I'm a fan of the operator. They executed day in and day. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. So I don't like to go out there because I think that's faking the funk a little bit, but I feel like my DNA is really in it. And I feel like in comparison to a lot of other people that have a lot of wins that they claim, I have plenty of my DNA in Resi, but that has been most, most yeah. first and foremost, that's Ben's win. So, okay. So you didn't reach that level of what you thought would happen within this decade, but it's 2020 now. Imagine 2030. What do you yeah, want to see happen I, I, by I then? Thought, I thought I was going to build like a, I thought I was going to build the millennial Falcon and buy, you know, K-Swiss. What ended up happening is building the Death Star. Mm. And so when I buy Puma 
and, and then flip it 12 years later. I buy Puma at 54, 10 years from now. I flip it at 64 and I buy the Jets and win six Super Bowls. Like this has been written, Lewis. Mm-hmm. Give me the, the year and the date and the time that you're going to sign okay. Okay. for the Here Jets. What is the Listen, exact what time, date? Uh, November 11th, uh, 9 a.m. November 11th, 20. Uh, what do you mean, 2020? 2048. Wow, I'm marking it down. November 11th, 9 a.m., 2048. What is it that day and time? Does that have any meaning with you? Not necessarily. Just yeah, you know. Amazing, man. What is the uh, the final word you'd like to share with people about? Let's. Sorry, I got excited. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's come out of this leaning into humility and gratitude. And that will be the springboard to everything you want. Mm. If you can, like, just be grateful. Yes, you lost your job or your business is not as good, but your grandfather didn't die from Corona. You know, just be grateful. Like, grateful for the time you're spending with family now. Grateful for the innovation time, the thinking time. I'm sleeping more than ever. I put on a couple pounds, so I got to be a little bit more careful. But I'm gaining real muscle. I'm starting to really do it. Strong man. Play some ball soon. uh, But no, I'm going to dodge you on that. You're too good. But um, gratitude and humility. Um, gratitude and humility people can follow you anywhere online they can find all, all in cha- all in challenge if they want to support wine I, text I think- wine text that that's the thing i'm most proud of here's why mm-hmm. wine mm-hmm. okay. here's why it's literally the best way to buy wine right now in the world i genuinely believe that we sold a 125 dollar cabernet for 39 dollars. we sold a 42 dollar red meritage for 19 bucks we have a $40 rosé, premium rosé coming for $9 next month. Like it's, it's really cool. And here's the other reason for this audience. Seeing how text commerce is coming in the future really matters. But don't sign up if you're not into wine because it costs money to send a text. So I don't, I don't need the pity or the kindness. This is, if you buy wine at all, then sign up. And if you don't, don't. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people. You know, it's so funny. People that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So take it away, which were our favorites this week? Thanks, Gary. Today's highlighted review is 100% Authentic by Kunakoa. I've been following Gary off and on since 2014, but these past 14 or 15 months, I've been really listening and watching. Not even to start a business so much, but to just change my mindset. I absolutely love this guy. I relate to him so much, working for my dad as well in his business until I was in my late 20s. Everything he says, man... Gary, you and your team are such a blessing. Drive on. Thanks, Kunakoa. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.